This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, Hufflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Jeremy Cobb. But Edward Verrocci calls me Your Majesty of Cobbletonia. Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full prince vibe? Woof! This <laughs> makes them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches. And lands in the cusp of a teaspoon oh, no. on a nat 20. No. You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it. It could be, or I said it correctly rather, it could be Verrocchi or Verrocchi or something like that. But I, I went with Verrocchi. Nice. I think that sounded good. And I think that's a solid nickname, Your Majesty of Cobbletonia. It's it's a very solid, it's a very solid nickname. I think it's a good title. I think were you ever to inherit some land, I think giving yourself that title would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you rule over Cobble, Cobbletonia? Yeah, Cobbletonia. Cobbletonia. I mean, as of right now, we just had the coronation like a couple weeks ago. So yeah. this is timely. Uh, this is actually a fun thing, which I mentioned uh, on a recent NADPOD episode I was on. Being in America and watching the coronation made me realize that English people are crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, being on the outside and watching that mess was like... <laughs> like I felt like it felt terrifying to watch. What about you know it what I mean? was so? But what about it was so affecting? I, d- I don't know. I just think like when I'm in the UK, I'm not a royalist by any means, and you know what I mean. I I probably think, eh, whatever. Like, but Jasper, there's it's... like posters of the Queen behind you. Okay, well, listen. Yeah, I like the Queen. I'm saying it's the King that I have a problem with. Okay? Right. So just okay. Get off. Get off my fucking back, dude. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These posters. These are limited edition minted uh fucking posters okay and they're it's mm-hmm. all made out of 50 p's with the queen's face on what them. are those so stains just jasper okay listen well we need to we need Why to are pump the, the brakes stains? Here, jeremy is that water damage because it, it's actually it's uh white wine damage sometimes i like to have little tea parties and pretend that i'm having a drink with lizzie oh so, that's cute that's what that is yeah yeah yeah, yeah was it was it a rough one when she kicked it yeah, pretty pretty bad, dude. I can't really think about it right now. I'll start crying. Okay, okay let's so move on. Let's just, move on. Tell me why. On, the, tell me on. why the ceremony was bad. <laughs> no, it was just very funny to me because I think that I'm not a royalist by any means, but I think like when you're in the UK, it's very easy to kind of you get like the positive side of it where mm-hmm. everyone's out on the the street and you know people are like at the pub having a good drink and it's yeah. all a laugh and it's nice and sunny and yeah. do you know what I mean? It feels like but, the country like, is smiling. Sh- 
yeah, but when you're watching it on like CNN, cutting to London or whatever, you're just like, this looks fucking insane. Like, <laughs> there's just like a woman struggling for like three hours holding a sword, just shaking. You know what I mean? And, like, you know, and there's just these, he's, the, the king's being handed like 17 different scepters with more wealth on them than like the fucking, you know what I mean? Like most boroughs of London. You know, yeah. and you're like, what? What is happening? Like, this is insane. <laughs> Meanwhile, cut like, to India, and they have it's the Leo meme where he's pointing at the TV every time a new set yeah, of jewels yeah, comes fully, up. They're like, hey, fully. that's ours too. There it is. That's us. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's like terrifying. Uh, so yeah, strange experience being over here uh, for that in particular. Um, one thing that I would love to shout up at the top here. I don't know if I've mentioned if we've mentioned this on a main feed episode yet. Uh, whether this is just I, th- I know we, I know we brought it up but I'm pretty sure it was in the Patreon I just want to go ahead and say for everyone listening my name is Jasper William Cartwright <laughs> okay <laughs> me, the English the, the, the English light skin guy that's me okay Jasper William Cartwright this black ass American is called Jeremy Marcus Cobb <laughs> please Please, please, I am begging you, please understand the difference. Please. I'm not, this is not me trying to throw shade at anyone, because honestly, <laughs> don't, don't feel like I'm throwing shade at anyone in particular, because there are so many people I yeah. could be throwing shade at yeah. here. It's truly <laughs> unreal. Oh. So this is a blanket PSA. <laughs> please. <laughs> understand that we are different people <laughs> and if you are not sure ask yes. do not do just like it has got to a point where even i'm starting to doubt whether maybe i'm wrong because <laughs> it happens so consistently yeah so with, consistently with, with people who should know people, with who people we really work with with people we actually work with yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, it is. We it's it still continues to baffle me because sure, yes, our initials are the same. Uh, JC, JC, sure. sure, absolutely. Jeremy and Jasper are not very similar names, in my opinion. Nope. nope. Uh, we do not have similar sounding voices. We do not have similar mm-hmm. appearances. Uh, no, we have pretty different personalities too. I it's yeah. a weird that's one where it's like you yeah, have I'm an asshole. Jeremy's lovely. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm a nasty guy. Like I'm a bad dude. I saw Jasper push someone over before he entered his recording area. I've never seen that yeah. person in my life and I I, I mean, admittedly I, they were in my ro- my recording area so they needed to true. move. So, true. you know, I, I did like, I out. suspected that you brought them in just so you could push them. That was no, that was okay. Yeah, that was also true. That was, yeah. I was like, "Hey, stand here. I want to do this bit uh, where I push you aggressively," and they were like, "What?" And then I pushed them, and they <laughs> they grazed their knee, and they're not happy. They're pretty upset, actually. Yeah. I should probably go and sort that out. But I'm not gonna because I'm a nasty guy, <laughs> and that's the difference between me and Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy Cobb. <laughs> yes, we the are... funniest thing was, and we can we can share this one we, when we're at D and D in a castle. Uh, we were going around the table for the for the uh, yeah. for the meet and greet section, and Jeremy just like you eye me across the table, and you're like, "Look at your phone, look at your phone." And I look down. He says, "We should introduce ourselves as each other because." at the castle earlier that day i won't out them again i don't think they listen to the show so it's fine <laughs> but someone 
confidently strode towards me. This I had been there for about half an hour, confidently strode towards me, went, hey, Jeremy, and put a hand out for a shake. And I was like, nope. <laughs> and I could see him processing being like, okay, it's a 50-50. You're either Jasper or Liv. <laughs> and I was like, come on, man. Uh... So anyway, we get round and I say, uh, yep, hi, I'm Jeremy Cobb. And I saw so many white faces at the table go into full flop sweat. I'm just like, ah, no, wait. <laughs> ah, I thought I had it. Uh, now I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and it was very enjoyable. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, probably that, didn't help. That was also like, <laughs> that joke was probably the biggest hit of the entire introductory oh, section. Definitely. Definitely. We killed it. Especially yeah. when it got round to you and you stuck with it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was very, very good. That was very, very good. <laughs> but yeah, please, <sighs> for the love of God. Please. I, please. This is, I don't know. This is a weird one to me because I really don't, I, I don't I, see it that much. I tell you what, I tell you what, I'm down for like, if there's fans of this show that now want to make this like a fun bit and give me something very much on purpose right. that was like meant for you or something, like, that's wink. funny. Yeah. Yeah. With a wink and like a, hey, get it? Because, you yeah. know, that's fine. I'll accept that. I love a bit. We'll go with that. But if you in earnestly come up to me and say, oh, Jeremy, I'm a big fan. Like, love it when you DM'd out, out, Outlaws and Obelisks. We're gonna have a problem. <laughs> okay? We're gonna have a problem. Because just do the homework. And the thing is, as well, I hate to say this, but we're not the only ones. Yeah. Tanya DeBass has a shirt which <laughs> reads, I am not Christine Ariel. Yes. You know, Bria Iyengar. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, like a, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a history thing. And I'm not, I, I'm not, we're not going to go there right now, but listeners, just, yeah, please, I'm the English guy, light skin. Think that. Just think, I'm light skin, Jeremy's dark skin. At least. Boom. That's what you need. At least Abria and Christina have the same hairstyle. Like, at that least. That is the lowest of bars, yeah, my guys. This, like, like, from <laughs> behind, if you've never met either of them and don't know how tall they are or anything, like, physicality-wise, I, could, if I you, could see being like, oh, I'm not sure who which one that is. And the, 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 the excuse that I... The thing that I will say... Well, I mean, okay, first of all, the thing I will say is Abria is tall as fuck. Exactly. If you don't okay, know that so Abria is, like, you, a basketball player. Yeah, yeah exactly. Abria is, like, used to be a full athlete. So, yeah. like, there's a, there is still a huge difference between her and Christina. But the thing that I always come back to is, look, hey, if you're white, you probably know how to pronounce the name Siobhan. You looked at the name Siobhan, and you said Siobhan. If you can do that, if you can work that little pe person puzzle out, you can figure out how two black people of completely different skin tones mm -hmm. look and are different people. My name is Jasper William Cartwright. We say at the top of every single show, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> I don't want to have to... I, I can't say this again. I cannot say this again. Uh... It's, it's been... It's gone on too long. Yeah. And <laughs> it's truly this gone is, on too long. For full... We're not going to say exactly what happened, but there has been another incident <laughs> that has reached a new level of like... A new level. Now, come on now. <laughs> now, come on. Come on. Uh, uh... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll share that story in like a few months. Once we've got some yeah. separation from yeah. it, we'll, we'll share that story. Or maybe we'll do a oh. Patreon patreon thing because uh, we'll it share, truly we'll share was... it in black history month but it's always yeah black yeah history but month. it's always black history month so here it is <laughs> <laughs> uh okay before we dig into this uh, week's episode uh jeremy do you want to do 
a law drop. I thought oh, we haven't no done one guest in, a, in a minute. Yeah, on a doing... no guest episode, do we want to do a fucking law drop? Oh man. Okay, okay. Let me think of one real quick. Um, because mm-hmm. I have a couple of very interesting stories, and then a few that are like, eh. Um, yeah. Do you want to do one while I'm thinking? Uh, yeah, sure. I. Uh, Did you also not? Have, you do. You just we jumped in. No, I just had it. I just had. It. I just oh, had. Okay. I was like, oh, we should do a law drop. You know what I mean? I was yeah, like, we should just right. do it. We should just do it. I just felt I was vibes in. Yeah, That's yeah, what I was doing. I was working purely off vibes. I've been gone for a while. I was. I wanted to juice, juice it back up. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. We don't have anything my, interesting that happened in our lives. Uh, my law drop is going to be that. Uh. I <laughs> I got one. No, okay, I can't share that one. Okay, you go, because uh, the one I came up with was, I can't say that, actually, because okay. people know too many of the other people involved. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I Hilarious. Tell me off here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have, um, okay, yeah, here's a lore drop for me. I, I don't even know how effective of a lore drop this is, but I used hmm. to uh, play the piano at weddings. Uh, as a child, I used to be asked to play the oh, piano whoa. at weddings as a child. Oh, how upsetting that we can't ask, answer follow-up questions. I have many. Damn. Okay. That's yeah. actually, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Thank you. Uh, my law drop is that I... Uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. I once witnessed a, uh, a theft. Uh, like a like a pretty big like someone was stealing an expensive item, <laughs> but there's some there's someone I'd happened to have I have like I had a conversation with them, uh, like moments before this because they he was just like a, a like a friendly dude who just kind of came up and we just struck up a conversation talking about uh it was in an electronics store and uh talking about like games and stuff like this and then I watched him just take out some like little like pliery things cut the cord <laughs> holding onto a uh, a like a fucking expensive laptop and just close it and confidently stride out and i said nothing i was like i was so ba- like baffled it was like he was like oh this dude's near the area of the item that i want to steal i'm gonna <laughs> befriend him first <laughs> And then I'm just gonna let it, and then I'm, and I just let him go because I was like, he seems like a nice dude who's probably just <laughs> trying to make an honest, an honest buck, I guess. Well, I mean, or an, or an unhonest living, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was fucking insane. I was, that was a truly wild thing that happened. So there we go. That's my Lord Yeah. That- it was, I very, it was very funny. Just, like, I was just sat there, just like, I was just stood there, just so baffled, just like, uh, 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 what? Uh, what? Excuse me, sir. <laughs> I love the image of him being like, yeah, I can't wait until the next one comes out. All right. And just turns it. <laughs> oh, sleds and still like what? nods at you, smiles and like walks out. with the <laughs> yeah. Honestly, dude, like, oh, would you mind fully. closing that for me? And just walks out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fully that. Fully that. Very funny. Um, uh, cool. 
So this week's episode, uh, Jeremy actually had a pretty fantastic idea, which is uh, we will we're going to talk a little bit about what has changed for us uh, in our DMing styles, what has what we have learnt over the years of running uh, games, especially running a lot more games professionally, uh, doing uh, things like one shots and stuff like that for events, uh, which always takes on a very 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 different vibe. I feel to doing mm-hmm. like a one shot with your friends or uh, or whatever it. May maybe and just sharing and trying to impart a little bit of uh, of that wisdom and this isn't just going to be D centric this is sort of hopefully this will be advice and stuff that you can take into uh you know running games on any system uh at all and um and also running stuff at home so um do we want to start with one shots because i do feel like this is something that i get asked a lot of questions mm. about mm. which is just like successfully running a run shot and personally i do think that they are harder uh mm. in the like in like is obviously doing a pulling off a huge like multi-year campaign is net harder obviously mm-hmm. but i mean as in a one shot versus basis. like yeah yeah on assessment a one shot versus like a one campaign episode or mm-hmm. even like the first campaign session is infinitely mm. i feel like one shots are infinitely harder um mm. to strike that balance so i guess maybe we'll do this in the format I'll, I'll i'll like throw out some questions and then maybe you can throw out some questions and we'll just we can just answer those questions and stuff like yeah. that um so my question to you would be how do you handle uh creating this is uh, creating a satisfying narrative over a let's say three to four hour kind of time restrained mm. uh like block and potentially even less right because most yeah. of the one shots i've ever done for streams and stuff are like two hours yeah two, um, two and a half, something like that so let's say yeah how do you how do you go about what's the first thing that you do in creating a satisfying arc for a two to four hour one shot okay so one useful thing i think for a lot of games is to just lay out the task early on and i think that this is true for even like this is pretty basic i think like it's useful for the party to have not only a reason to immediately be together but also a reason to be aligned so what you'll see in a lot of public one shots that people run that i've played in, in as well uh is like people will all be assembled by some force and told i need help with this go do it yeah and they then it's up to the party to figure out how to do it but i think that's very common for like some big force to assemble people from a bunch of different worlds smack them in one spot and say here go do that um i someone has stolen my royal cock ring yes get it back for me my royal what ring cock ring Oh, okay, I thought you said cuck ring, and I was already like, what? Wow. Cock ring oh. actually raises fewer questions for me. Yeah, than cock ring. <laughs> yeah, cock ring. Cock ring, we need to dig into a little bit. We need to figure out where I'm at, having having just got married. Like, the first joke that I go to make is, is cock ring. Uh, yeah, Tuck, Tuck, has, Tuck has come over here, and uh, his, his, uh, he's, that guy doesn't know. with so I'm, I'm in, tu- I'm in trouble. Yeah, he's done with Jake's wife. He's flying to the UK. J- Jake's got a kid now, so yeah, exactly. Like, not enough time. Yeah, it's he's like uh, nah, and he doesn't want kids. He doesn't, he doesn't want kids, so he he came straight over to me. Shit. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, Tucker's a, Tucker lives in my house now. Um, Tucker the cucker. 
Tucker the Kaka. Wow. I wonder if that joke's been made on Nadpod. I feel like it surely has. Surely it has. Surely it has. I'll be I'll be writing a sternly worded WhatsApp to yeah. Brian Murphy that's, if it hasn't been that made. That seems like at something at least Caldwell would have said, Tucker the Cucker. Yo, for sure. That's definitely a cool one. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a cool one. Line. Yeah. <laughs> definitely a cool Tuck one. Tuck the Cuck. Uh... Tuck the Cuck. Wow. Also, a fun drag name. Yeah. For someone. Tuck the Cuck is a Tuck the Cuck is a fun drag, drag name. game. Like Ooh, pin, the, pin the tail yeah. on the donkey. <laughs> Tuck the yeah, 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 yeah. And it and it's like the the trailer for the game is uh, Sam Smith's uh, Unholy, and it's all about playing a drag queen. You go around trying to just uh, sleep with people's apparently straight husbands. It'd be great. Yeah, that'd be. A, I think that'd be a legitimately great game. <laughs> I would absolutely <laughs> give that game a play. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. We would if someone wants to make that game, we'll yeah. run it on three by half. If you yeah, if you no make doubt. Tuck the Cuck. We will. Tuck the cuck. We will also help voice it. We will voice Tuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck yeah! Uh, we'll play. We'll we'll play all of the straight husbands <laughs> in the video game. Husbands. Tuck the cuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by the way, as a side note, mm. I recently Ooh, I yeah. can't remember the name of this YouTube channel. I think it's actually a TikTok uh, channel, but it's also on YouTube. Uh, it's this guy who's a professional arm wrestler, but whenever he wrestles, he arm wrestles people, he starts speaking to them very sensuously uh, and like encouraging them and telling them they're doing a good job. So imagine this for a moment. Something yeah, that okay, you start okay. arm wrestling a man and he's like, uh huh. Yeah, that's good. Ah! <laughs> yeah, that's no, so good. That's it? Can you feel me? Can you feel that's... me pushing? What, what can I feel? What? I, can you I, feel me? Can uh, you feel me pushing? Yeah. I, I obviously I can. Why are you talking yeah. to me? Can no, you squeeze a little harder? Squeeze uh, a little harder. What? Uh, no, I don't want to. What? Uh, I your hand up. I your hand up. Uh, higher, I, what, what are you higher. doing? Get, get I feel like push. my biceps getting weaker. How are you push. doing this? Stop! No, you're doing great. Stop push doing me this. Push me harder. Push me harder. <laughs> All of the blood is flowing <laughs> from my arm into my crotch. Please, sir. Stop. That's literally how it, he does the whole thing. And he's like, "You ready? Wow, go. genius! Go. You ready? I want to go." Here we go. And that's, then it's like that is what? genius. <laughs> that is it's perfect. The it's best perfect. ones Especially are the ones he like does a... with guys because there's something I mean. really tender about it, but also deeply sexual about it. I yeah, and imagine like you're definitely gonna get the upper hand with some. There's gonna be some really insecure straight dudes who are like, <laughs> I cannot handle this right now. <laughs> like <laughs> it's gonna happen. That's genius. This yeah. guy. He's playing. He's out here playing 4D arm wrestles. You know what I mean? He's he's just unlocked yeah, a whole D's. new dimension to this game. Four Ds. You know what I mean? He's uh, getting four Ds. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you would ask me uh, how to start a one shot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you were saying about the yeah. collective. So there's a couple of ways of doing this. Bring them into a quest. I also yes, getting them immediately into a quest. I think is very effective. I think another one is having one that I did at uh, Convergence actually recently, uh, just a few weeks ago, as the, the this recording. Hey. Um, the first game I ran was in that Redwall setting that I've been that I've been working. I yeah. loved it, uh, and that the beginning of that was actually the premise was that it was like a festival of stories. And so everyone was basically obligated to share their backstories as part of this festival. And there, I described the setting and everybody's like, ooh. And so right off the bat, instead of being like, here's your task, it's more, here's what matters to all of you. Uh, and then from there, we start to get into the story. Um, I think nice. I preferred that 
or something that that actually incorporates the characters just in general i prefer that more you can absolutely mm-hmm. make your fun in the midst of a session you can i mean shout out to uh b dave walters and his uh and also charlene bayer and the uh the streaming for survivors streams that they do mm. uh because the first one um i got to draw from the deck of many things and i gained a level four fighter sidekick named gregory hey. uh gregory became the hit of the camp of the entire one shot and in fact was brought <laughs> back in the following one shot incredible uh, yeah and in- that's you give that's the second time that you've drawn that specific card because you drew that true, in our yeah. home game as well yeah because you ended up hard getting one. hard one as a level four <laughs> as level four night <laughs> Yeah, I, I just have I to do impressions of Jake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the I think that is that can be really really fun just for like some silly fun times. But I would prefer mm-hmm. that more as like we've already been playing these characters a long time. Let's see them in a different sure. scenario. For my money, it's like you're all I, I like it's you're all either going on a mission that matters to your world, not like you were yoinked out of your other world and you're slapped into a new spot. Or you're well, or you're like in a place, and no, I guess rather what the two choices I'm laying out are: you're yoinked out of t- space and time and plopped in a new location where you have to go on a mission for some powerful person. My favorite adventures of any type are the ones that somehow meaningfully incorporate the characters and their feelings and their identities into the into the storyline. And so I prefer ones that have a setup that incorporates some element of that. However, given just the basic choice between yoinked to another plane or you're all doing something in your own world i prefer you're all doing something in your own world unless the characters are pre-existing and them being yoinked is just a fun break from the normal how about you how Um, do you feel about uh not only your question and then i'll ask you another question mm -hmm. uh okay so mine i think i've spoken about this before on the show so i'll give a slightly i'll give an overview of the previous answer and then I'll, I'll kind of dig into something a little different my main thing is that uh if i let's say i have three hours for a uh one shot or something at like an event like dindian castle or convergence or something like that i'll always spend the first half an hour to even an hour doing uh shared backstory building where we build a party we establish kind of who likes who who's had you know who who's flirted with who who has known each other for a long time who hasn't and i'll just get them to like do a little funny funny exercise where like they'll point at someone across the table and they'll make up a memory that their character has with the other character mm-hmm. and i'll always say like make sure it's something nice it's something positive it's like you know it's not like oh they fart farted and they once and they smelled for a week you know because that's just like okay, <laughs> i'm fine. the only one who you knew know. it was them yeah exactly yeah stuff like that it's more like oh uh they we were on an adventure once and they pulled me out of a burning building when i dropped unconscious or something mm-hmm. and it's like oh cool okay so you kind of feel slightly indebted to that person and that kind of has a big impact on that uh their characterizations and stuff like that i find that really fun i personally feel like it removes uh what can be easily an hour and a half to two hours of like oh so this is me and this is the backstory Mm -hmm. and this is how my parents died uh and instead you can kind of just like jump straight into the story you know you can establish within that like why they're in a specific location what they're there to do uh and we literally just jump like into the story i think on top of that my main thing that i like to do now is uh if i'm gonna do combat i will do it in one of two ways i will have two small 
combats or uh I, so basically i will have two small combats where i do and this is just from a very technical like planning standpoint mm-hmm. i will start the game with a combat mm-hmm. where it will be like you, you you know you're traveling to this location and then you've been jumped let's go right we do a little like two rounds of combat here everyone tests out their kit and how they feel and da-da-da, gets a chance to do something cool and then we'll also have a combat at the end of the session um or i will do a slightly long, larger combat and that will usually take place around the two hour mark mm-hmm. uh so that we've got time we've got like a good I always like to leave like a good half an hour to an hour after the combat to explore and like kind of wrap things up and get characters to where they want to go and right. stuff like that. Uh, just because I think that one thing that I've noticed a lot with uh, one shots and I and I used to be guilty of this is you get, you know, you get to like the final boss battle or whatever it is, and you usually end up having to rush it, and then you get to the you know you you conclude it in a in a rushed way and then it's like we have no time to satisfyingly wrap up the narrative of mm. this game uh and that for me is like the 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 shame you know what i mean I, mm-hmm. the, the, it's like ah that's, that's such a shame to like yeah. not feel like we you know we just had such a blast doing this and actually we kind of got to the end and it was just a bit like uh yeah you did oh wow they just happened to have exactly that many hit points oh incredible okay cool yeah. that's it everyone thanks good night you know yep. what i mean yeah um so I would say two small combats, because that way, even if you have a small combat at the end, you know it's only spo- like designed to last like two rounds, mm-hmm. so you'll probably have a little bit of time afterwards, or a bigger combat, and I would slap that basically like in the middle. Like, right. don't be afraid to like have them meet your boss battle like in the middle of the one shot, because honestly, I'd, like you just won't have time to then satisfyingly kind of negotiate anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that would be my big tip. Uh, yes, is, is leaving yourself time and always, always, always taking into account that combat will take longer than you think because mm. players will spend a lot of time staring at their kit and being like oh cool uh i don't know how to play this because this is a wonder shot and i built this character a couple hours ago mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah that is like a very common thing that happens and as a dm you have to be like okay what are you playing because i probably know your character and i don't want to like tell you what to do but also i want everyone to actually get a go so just yeah. tell me what you're doing and you know what i mean <laughs> yes um and, and speaking so yeah. as somebody well first of all i agree i think that yeah the idea that you're suggesting of having a shared character building uh i think mm-hmm. a very creative idea for running especially D one shots uh it also is very reminiscent of other games that have that built in so for example yes. uh for those of you who have listened to our series big tribble uh, tr- big tribbles no big, big troubles in little manus big tribbles it turned real. It, it turns into a Star Trek. It was a Star Trek season. Big tribbles and little manus. Big tribbles and little manus. Big trouble and little manus. Big trouble. Big tribbles is the Star Trek themed spinoff. Um, big trouble. Big trouble and little manus. Episode one. We actually do uh, go over. Like people came with characters, but then we built the world more, and we mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. we figured out character relationships, and all of that is built into the game. There are questions and there are different sets of questions it's like oh if you're running a shorter one versus a longer one you can have these these are the questions you you might ask this many questions you might decide what your relationship is with each character etc etc and i think it's a very valuable tool because it gives you it it like oh all of you know each other it's basically exactly what we're describing um if you haven't Mm. taken a look at that uh and you wish to even you jasper if you haven't taken a look at that i suggest looking at it because it might give you very good questions to be able to use even just for the game uh for even for D&D. And I think, 
yeah, and I think what's really, really good about it, and uh, even if it, even if the game has uh, that kind of thing built in, don't be afraid to kind of like pick your own because you can really guide the kind of game that you want to play as well you can leave a lot of like you can ask a lot of questions which are directly related to the kind of campaign that you're trying to put together mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like uh i'm just thinking about the one of the worlds that i built recently which is set in this kind of steampunk you know themed world one of the questions i might ask is like how do you feel about uh you know like how does your character feel in relation to a particular uh, faction the the particular faction or like the police or something like mm-hmm. this and you know and then I'll go into explaining that the police aren't the police like we have in our world they, they they operate differently but now I've given you that description how do you feel about those things so that you can come in with a you know with an opinion about the world and I I I think we've 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 talked the two of us specifically a lot about like really wanting the characters to feel baked in to the world like they are like in the world they are deep you know what i mean like you know like they wouldn't even be able to like almost like you wouldn't what i want the characters to feel like almost is like they don't want to take that character out of the world and play in a different one yeah because it's so intrinsically a part of that world right you're somebody like for me yeah, like for me, like it would be weird to see you play Dennis Colespring outside of the world yeah. that we kind of built it together. Wouldn't be the same because guy. it just felt it wouldn't be the same guy, you know what I mean? Uh, and so I think that's the vibe that I'm going for. And I definitely think that like that is uh it's a really fantastic tool. And, and yeah, I think there's great I'm glad there's great examples of, of games mm. uh employing that system. Another one been another very game. useful for Yes, me. another game that does this is Paradox Perfect, which a lot of you probably will have yep. heard as well. Uh that's very much built into the game. Uh it's the whole world building character creation, all that is designed to be interconnected and be col- a collaborative effort. Uh and I think yep. that in both cases it gets out it gets you away from like Jasper saying, because I think even in more storytelling based games like Paradox mm-hmm. Perfect or the Juveniles on Modes of Transportation series, uh, you <laughs> can it, you can still have elements of like, I'm not really sure how I feel. I'm just the this kid. Like, I'm the loner mm-hmm, kid mm-hmm. who doesn't want to talk to any of the other kids. And so I'm going to say, yeah. I don't know anybody else. It's like, no, 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 no. We, we've no, no, decided. No, no. Yeah. You know everyone. We don't do that here. And you actually yeah, have yeah. specific <laughs> feelings about all of them. Maybe you don't know them well, <laughs> but you know who they are. Uh, you know them. Yeah. yeah. Or you know somebody who they know and you have feelings about that person. You have a reason yep. to be connected with these people. Uh, and yep. I, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. The more baked in somebody can feel to a setting, the better. The more, mm-hmm. when, if somebody just feels like, oh, I'm just a passenger, a visitor here, you tend to end up with a distance from things because then it's like you're more of a tourist and sure yeah Yeah. you can choose to get involved in stuff but oftentimes it's like all right well time to go uh and i think there's a (laughs) unless you have strong emotional connections to people or things in that world i think you lose something Mm, mm. Um, i completely agree my next question was uh Mm -hmm. so you you actually answered a lot of stuff Uh, my next question for you was actually going to be when running one shots, do you have a preference in terms of, well, do you have a typical structure that you will usually use? It sounds like you do, mm. but and I guess yeah. the better question is what is your typical structure beat by beat for any given one shot yeah, okay. you tend to run? So uh, I will always go with 
pretty much always go with the exciting incident up top. Um, mm. So just for anyone who doesn't uh, do like any kind of screenwriting or whatever and doesn't know what inciting incident is, it's effectively just like, you know, it's it's usually uh, it happens at like the twenty minute mark on a traditional movie. Mm. Uh, you know, you'll have a, a bit of twenty minutes of your character kind of living their life, whether it be good or bad or whatever, and then uh, it's, so in John Wick, it's his dog getting shot. Like mm-hmm. that's the that's the inciting incident that sends uh, his, his character and propels him into the adventure of the you know killing every bad guy in the world, mm-hmm. um, and so but like I will usually drop them into the inciting incident like in that moment because I think that basically what it removes is what what in a movie is twenty minutes I think in a uh, one shot can easily become an hour and a half of just MacGuffin. Like yeah. and people talking and just like, hey, do do do. I want to go shopping. I want to do this. I want to do the. Da, 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 da. You know what I mean? Like it can it can so easily to like D and D players, especially if you've got like talented improvisers as well. Uh, you know, like it can easily just become like the players just riffing and having a fun, which is great. Mm. Don't go wrong; it's absolutely great. Um. But what I'm saying is I want to get us into the story and then let them do all of the MacGuffin, all the funny, all the, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, but at least we know what we're doing. We know what we're up to and we have a purpose and I can start punishing them if they're like, you know, like, ah, oh, we'll get there in a minute. And I'll be like, okay, cool. And I'll start rolling some dice behind the DM screen and be like, ah, oh, well, people are dying because you're not doing the thing that you were told to do. Yeah. Um, so I think I always drop them into the inciting incident, um, which could also be a combat. Uh, that'll that'll sometimes be how I structure the inciting incident. Is it'll be a combat. The party will be set upon or targeted by someone, and then at the end of the combat, they'll uh, find a note or a something which will be like, you know, go and find this group and make sure that they don't tell any of my secrets. And then like, what? Who is this? Okay, we have to go find them uh, or figure out who this mysterious person is that's trying to hunt us down because mm-hmm. that's bad for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so inciting incident. Then I think uh, I will usually allow a bit of a like kitting up kind of feeling, uh, whether it be uh, that they want to like shop and get some items, whether it be that they want to, or that's like, or it's like going somewhere specifically, going to talk to someone. So it's either like by, and by kitting up, I mean either like getting items, kind of getting themselves prepared for right. whatever Gearing the up. final fa- fight is, or yeah. getting the necessary information in order to get to that particular thing, like research. Um, like research etc and then usually within that i'll add i'll have a uh kind of seemingly like inconsequential plot hooks and stuff will kind of come into it like they'll bump into a character or you know i always like to do kind of like uh incidental stuff Mm -hmm. where uh uh uh, like a player just happens to see something you know stuff that i'll have definitely planned out but it's like it feels like a bit more organic, like in the world kind of thing, instead of it just being uh, kind of almost like spoon fed, like, ah, there's a no- there's another note here and it says, go to this place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll usually end, like add some sort of random, seemingly random encounter or event. I quite often like the party to like bump into the big bad, you know, at this point, but without them knowing that that's the big bad, stuff like that. 
You know what mm, I mean? Okay. Um, feel like it so adds. A nice it's a it's a end. nice way of yeah. It's a nice way of like adding a layer, adding a twist, that kind of thing. Uh, and then I'll probably just jump straight into whatever the final battle is. And sometimes in my head, the final battle is just like a social encounter, mm-hmm. which can turn into a combat. But I'm not necessarily planning for it to be that. It's more just like they're gonna have to navigate a particularly like tense situation, right. or you know, because I, I often feel like depending on your group that can be just as satisfying narratively and emotionally yeah. as, you know, having some big, you know, uh, fl- uh, big combat mm. um, versus like the first combat I'll do, which is just, that's always going to be a combat. That's, you know, that's just for, right. and that's also just to make sure we have something, we have some yeah. combat because, exactly. you know, people, people might be a bit like, oh, I didn't get to do anything. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then, oh yeah. And, and also as well, like I'll, uh, be making notes the whole time and something that i really love to do is like call back to something so like if a player like just takes what seems like an inconsequential item because they liked it or they thought it was pretty or something like that that it'll have some meaning come that kind of final encounter boss battle Mm. whatever like the one of the ones i ran at convergence um that that, uh, one of the characters described taking a uh taking this little like book um and they were like, oh, I just like, yeah, I was like, oh, cool. What do you do with the book? And she was like, oh, I just stuff it in a pocket or whatever. And I was like, mm-hmm. and I remember writing like book, like blessed, cursed, slash cursed, mm-hmm. question mark, like in my notes. And then um, it was right at the end of the combat. We were all kind of like heading towards, uh, we were careening towards this big heroic ending. And uh, she got like hit by uh, like a stray arrow. And I did the full like, uh, you know, uh, she was like, oh my God. And she was like, oh, do I need to roll death saves? And I was like, oh, like not yet. And everyone was like, oh, why is she not rolling death saves? Whatever. They finish the combat. They run over. She's lying sprawled out on the ground and they see the arrow is stuck inside this little book. You know hey. what I mean? Like little things like that, you know, yeah. like it's very, very easy to do. But like for the players, that felt like such a like great moment. Yeah. You know I mean? And it's all stuff that we've seen before. It's right. nothing original. Like it's happened in a million films mm-hmm. uh, where like someone's little Bible catches the bullet. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. It happened in real life to teddy roosevelt but but that boom there you go i had no idea it's really somebody tried to assassinate him and accidentally shot him in the book shot him in the book i think he did pierce him but like the books the book uh provided enough resistance yeah that he survived wild i think that was teddy roosevelt yeah and he finished his speech um (laughs) hey that's a true professional right there i mean you know if nothing else um so yeah i think that would be my kind of beat by beat structure and then also just like, yeah, the, the little, the tiny little annotations of just like little moments, I think can pay huge dividends because you'll look down at the end of the game and go, oh, I need like a thing. Just like, I, this needs like a book, uh, like mm-hmm. a bookend, a button, a something. Yeah. And you'll usually look down and there'll be one little thing. That hasn't been um, used yet. Yeah. Oh, here we go. This is, this is another really good example, actually. I was quite proud of this one. We had this full adventure that we'd done. This was actually a, a run shot I ran for some patrons had this full adventure and one of the items that uh my one of my players had was the immovable rod Mm -hmm. and uh this character had described how they'd recently lost their grandmother and how uh you know normally when someone passes on in her family they're kind of like able to contact their kind of like dead ancestors and kind of commune with them but for some reason she hadn't been able to commune with her grandmother and all this kind of stuff and basically like we got to the end of the uh episode and they'd use the immovable rod to like trip 
up this like you know bad guy or whatever and as they as in the, like in the kind of epilogue as we described it what was happened at the end of the thing uh which i described like she looked back and saw the kind of like the faint outline of her grandmother holding the immovable rod so basically the whole premise of the immovable rod was it wasn't that it was like magically enchanted it was that it, it was like a bridge between her right. and her grandmother and it, her grandmother was the one that was stopping it from moving yeah that's really cool. and so like it was like little little things like that and, which, and again that wasn't any great you know big heady idea that i came up with that was literally like in the moment i looked down saw like a grandmother ancestor question mark and went Oh, that works. You know what I mean? And it, and again, it just felt very, very organic, very narr- like narratively satisfying in the moment, mm-hmm. um, and and very easy to pull off. And I think if you have a light structure like that, so that you don't have to worry, uh, and you can just be present in the moment, taking those little notes, I think it's a very, very achievable thing for a lot of people to pull off. Mm. Which right. is, I think, the reason why, uh, which is the reason why I like the structure. I think, yeah, uh, you know, just to, to bring it back to the question, I like the structure because it allows me to be to kind of almost forget about that and uh, forget about the the uh, mechanical stuff of running it and just be very present with my table and taking those little notes and things like that. Mm. Um, I, I, I guess I'd love to uh, flip the question around to you about structure, but then maybe I'll just add on to it. Like, what is your structure? But then maybe also how do you deal with maybe a group taking you a little off piste like if you're in that structure and someone and you get thrown a bit of a curveball mm-hmm. what's your kind of approach to to dealing with that this headgum podcast is brought to you by aura frames that is right uh from grandmothers to new mothers aunts even the friends of your life every mom loves an aura frame holy shit even aunts yes especially aunts oh well because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an aura frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. 
Uh, okay, so, structure-wise, um, I don't think that I have, well, as far as I'm aware, I don't think I have one structure that I usually mm-hmm. use, but I've, I, I'm thinking about it, and I think one structure that I enjoy is having a general setup where everybody kind of meets each other, then mm-hmm. they have an adventure, uh, and I do this for a lot of my D&D in a castle games as well, I think they tend to follow this pattern, where it's like they have a big adventure, and in that adventure, it's that first fight is often, uh, especially when it's longer stuff and not immediately just a one shot, uh, pretty mm-hmm. nasty. Um, like yeah, I know yep. I, the last two D and Dina castles I've done were nasty. Uh, the first, mm-hmm. the first, well, there was like an initial combat that wasn't that bad for this, for the most recent one. But then there was like a second mm-hmm. combat they got into that day that was like, oh my god. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share something. I just did a thing. You know what this thing is. I just yes. did a thing. I the first combat in that, spe- like especially, and the last one actually, I think rivals Jeremy Cobb's top shelf nasty. Ooh. I the, like. I, I'm very excited for people to 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 engage with this because it is truly some of the most horrific shit I've ever heard described so <laughs> and like i'm and i've you've been my dm for a number of years true so i'm I very never, excited ne- i'll be honest i never really hauled off on 3bh stuff i've sure. some of the stuff sure, i've done sure. privately even in games that you were not Has in been, i'll tell you about yeah. it i'll tell you about one of them that i did actually for god killer recently i reused part of it mm-hmm. uh it was, it was yeah. what i'm very happy with uh but yes i'm interested to see this i imagine this is probably yeah. pretty brutal um oh dude 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 you trust me it is i was sat there aghast <laughs> like i was like ah oh my <laughs> it is wild all right well i look forward to seeing it uh but the yeah i would say the the first comment is usually pretty nasty and when i say nasty i mean like dire like where it's like Mm. you think i think the people tend to go in thinking like ah this will probably be fine oh no Uh, and then it ends up being much worse just like the numbers are bad or the powers of the things they're up against are bad or whatever the description is like like in the most recent dnd in the castle they were fighting people who were uh essentially being possessed by jinn uh and the but the jinn the people themselves were basically like husks and the djinn were just controlling mm-hmm. their bodies and so right. the people kind of flopped around like puppets and would sort of throw themselves at people breaking their own limbs against other people's bodies uh. and it was like it was and at, the fight itself was so brutal that it looked like they might lose and so mm-hmm. but at the here's the thing that first really brutal fight Gets every, and this is for somewhat longer campaigns, usually not like extended, extended mm-hmm. ones. Uh, although I've done it for those as well. Uh, that gives everybody like a thing where, like, ah, and you have to work together, and now you're all keyed mm-hmm. in. And then afterwards, mm. uh, everybody is like feeling it, and they're all sitting with each other, yeah. and they're like, whoa, oh my goodness. And usually, there's at least <gasps> that was too close, that was too close, yes. Yeah, and yeah, usually, yeah, there yeah, are at yeah, least yeah, yeah. some lore revelations as well. Uh, after like mm-hmm. the first big adventure and everybody will start to then sit down and like talk it out 
And I'm just sitting there like, yeah. nice. And they all start crying. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not doing anything. <laughs> and I'm just listening to them as they make themselves cry. Because now it's like, my character has been through so much. And now I've learned things about each of you. And my my view of the world has changed. And it's been like a day. This is weird. Uh, and I'm just like, good, good. Yes, good. Uh, Excellent. And uh, that's kind of how I like. It, it depends, really. Because that's, that's with some groups. That's if the group has like a high level of buy-in especially like emotionally and they're willing to mm -hmm. be like all right let's do this as opposed to like some groups are like look we coming in here to laugh bro and i'm like sounds good to <laughs> yeah, me yeah, yeah. uh let's okay yeah let's be real silly uh that happened yep. with my last group at dina castle where uh it took place in utarum and there was like a part where they were fishing uh they were fishing for people because all the fish they, they can't get fish so they had people dressed up as fish uh and <laughs> volunteers <laughs> who were swimming around and you could like you could catch them and pull them out. And then uh, one of the players established, like it started a relationship, like initiated a relationship with the, with the person that she fished for, but her character <laughs> also like had a husband. So the NPC the whole time was like, so is this like, are you cool with this? Are we like, are, is this, are you into this? Cause if you're into it, I'm into it. Like, and that's also <laughs> me as the DM trying to be like, Hey yeah. bro, I know this is your real life wife that I'm, playing, nah. that I'm playing a scene with. How do you feel about this? Because I ain't going any further than you want to. Uh <laughs> that's a whole ass. That's a whole ass feeling right there. Yeah. That's like that's like I can see you at the table just as soon as the flirting starts, and you just go. Dweep looking at her doop, looking at her husband <laughs> and like looking back look at uh, uh okay okay uh, and, uh, <laughs> I, yeah all of my characters are asexual i'm afraid sorry um sorry 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 no, but yes <laughs> i like to also have like it basically an initial adventure or combat leading to some sort of revelation or deeper understanding of the world or the characters followed by a confrontation usually tied in with another lore revelation that will be like oh and and create i in the best cases in my favorite cases it creates some sort of like emotional dilemma for the characters yep. For a one shot, mm -hmm. um, sometimes not always, but like that, that or not always. It doesn't always do this, but like my at uh, at Convergence, the first game I ran, uh, it was like the initial one was a big battle that they'd heard about historically, and they were suddenly at the battle, and then they managed to survive the battle, and they saw how it ended, and then there was like a big lore revelation and like a fun new NPC, and then people started to make decisions and really come into their own. Also, mm -hmm, I forgot mm -hmm. a person, a character straight up died in the opening battle of, of my first convergence game um i forgot about that that was and then you kicked them out and they were crying yeah, i made them leave the event they weren't allowed to come yeah, back to the rest of the event pretty harrowing yeah so uh <laughs> but no legitimately they actually we i actually brought them back because the player there was like a time travel component and so the party ended up traveling to when that character was a kid and so the player mm -hmm. came back and it was like a pivotal event that actually led to him, the character having lost his memory. And like the big twist was that the big they were witnessing that event. And in fact, they could cause him to have the memory loss. 
if they wanted to free him from his trauma because it was such a bad thing that there was and they were given something that could have like put him to sleep and erased his memory of the events uh and there was a moment where everybody like that you saw people figuring it out and you i remember the player like put his head in his hands and was just like oh my god and then this was one of my favorite moments they chose not to do it they threw the stuff on the floor and completely changed history and it ended up with like this really bittersweet ending where some of the characters were like really like this is this is my new life that i've chosen and all of history was changed uh and i was like yes to me to me the the, and to me when there's like a dilemma like that where you get to choose something big Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. either for the world as a whole or just for yourselves in this small part of the world those are my favorite games but i'm i'm very much a i play to the players idea i'm like yeah. i will go yeah. as far with this as you are willing to that's why i'm looking at the the, the husband i'm like the husband, my man because you're like you i'll throw down <laughs> yeah if, you, if y'all want to well, i will grab this like. and run with it uh <laughs> but it's i mean i'd suggest not doing that you know what i mean <laughs> don't grab the woman and no. run. Like, keep it in game <laughs> keep it don't in game grab the Jeremy. man's wife and run away with her <laughs> <laughs> the two of you have a wonderful life together. Um, that's, a t- that's a Tucker move. That's a Tucker move. Yeah, okay, that's don't Tucker. do that. Yeah, tuck the cuck. Don't do that. Um, tuck the cuck. I think that's that's a really um, that is a really really interesting uh, thing to present with your players. I think time travel actually is really useful for that as mm. a mechanic um, because I think it's a very like if I guess what it is like it's it's a situation you can put your players in without them be without there being a little bit of the like. But why are we here? Yeah. Because I feel like quite often you could like find your characters like, oh, you're in a throne room and you're talking to the king and the king looks at you and says, should I kill them or should I try to save them or whatever? And you're like, why the fuck would you ask me? You're the king. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I don't think it breeds the same level of, right. of buy-in. Whereas it's like you happen upon a portal going through thinking it was perfectly innocent. You're back in the past. You're back in this moment what do you do? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that presents with a very realistic, weirdly, because obviously time travel is not real, but Mm -hmm. a very like easy to access, uh, you know, heightened stakes moment for them to play around in. Um, and I definitely think that, yeah, I think like time travel, I think finding, finding that like narrative buy-in is a bit of a skill um mm. you know like finding things that isn't like isn't time travel or whatever like do you know what I mean like finding ways to give your players especially at low levels mm-hmm. that kind of like world uh yes. you know world altering kind of things that makes them feel powerful invested and you know uh and whatever is it, it is tricky and it can be a hard balance to find i'll pivot from this just into Oh, because yeah, yeah, I go, know go, that go, go. a lot of our comments are mo- are very D and D centric or similar games. Mm. I think in games that are more storytelling based, it's a different beast mm-hmm. entirely. I think you can still sure. have like, oh, there's the initial introduction, and then the initial encounter, and then further lore, and then a big bad or some kind of thing that is the big confrontation, mm. uh, and then the end, and you let them describe how their character goes. In in for example, a Powered by the Apocalypse 
uh, powered by the Apocalypse game, such as God Killer, which I recently played on Transplaner. Uh, shout out to Transplaner and shout out to Mark Mir, who Woo. is incredible. Go check out that one shot. Yeah. It should, I think by now it's probably on the Transplaner YouTube, and if it's not, it will be soon. Uh, but yeah. go check out that one shot. Tra- uh, God Killer is a great game, uh, which also has a lot of lore building and character building worked into like the session zero process with like very specific questions that you need to answer about the world specifically in relation to the god killer character which is the central character of the game um it, it uh god killer is meant for two players just a gm and the uh, the singular uh well the gm who plays god and the person who plays the god killer uh so it's two people mm. playing this game uh and you have it's the same kind of principles apply though it's like oh, okay we have the introduction the inciting incident what leads you here and like the story structure is there but instead of being like all right let's roll for initiative it's all about story agency and so it's mm. you introduce something and then you can step back and let them describe something you could even let them describe mm. or name npcs if you want uh you can let them describe what npcs look like you can let them describe environments especially if they are environments that they have visited before because uh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, I think at that point, I've really started to enjoy doing that in a lot of other games because it takes a yes. lot of the weight off of the GM. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does in some cases remove control, but the thing is, you can <laughs> just run in and say, this is what it looks like. Here you go. Build off of that. Or, you know what I mean? You can you can set up the foundations so that it's harder for someone to run completely off of the rails. Yeah, exactly. Uh, There's just yeah. like a pink elephant and you're inside the pink elephant. And it's like, what? No, if you give them a uh, yeah. tower right there off the is... bat, then it's like, well, there yeah, maybe yeah, is a yeah. pink elephant like... next to the tower, but you're not. In... But it's a little porcelain one. Yeah, exactly. it's a little porcelain pink elephant. Yeah, exactly, you're not yeah. traversing yeah. the elephant from the inside. Uh, <laughs> so the the yeah, I think those games, like story based games, are kind of their own deal and are actually easier to run in a lot of ways because you mm-hmm. don't have to do as much as the GM. You're not having to keep track of fifty bajillion different rules. Uh, even mm-hmm. something like Paradox Perfect, I would argue, is somewhat easier to run as long as you have a story oh, yeah. in place because it's yeah. so much more what do the players want to do and then you throw them into situations and let them figure out fun ways to, fi- to, to solve it. That game is intended to be zany and off the wall and it's very influenced by Powered by the Apocalypse games. Powered by the Apocalypse games are intended to have a specific tone, but as long as you are improvising or creating along that, to- along that tone, uh, you can create whatever you want and let the players jump in. So I I also do say those systems, it's easier and usually less like stressful. And also you can look at each other like there was a point with in Mark and I's one shot where uh, we were like, ah, we we need to be done by this time. All right, let's pick up the pace. And both of us were like, cool. And we started Mm -hmm. skipping stuff and moving along back like and it was it it didn't feel like we were just suddenly like, ah, but it felt like we were just uh, going along at a different pace and we were going bouncing off of each other. And that's, I think yeah, that is a really cool thing to have in a game as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's uh, definitely something to be said with, and this has happened kind of recently and, and you know, it's always very much been the case with your games, uh, you know, whatever system it is, which is, you know, uh, the idea of sh- shared storytelling. I think mm. that that's where potentially D&D gets a little bit left behind now because I don't think, that game was never meant, it, you know, was never designed with that in mind. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think, you know, it's, we've, we've kind of crossed it to be it 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think there are so many good systems now which are designed around the central principle of shared storytelling. There may be a a GM who who kind of has a kind of lion share, if you will, or or a or at least sort of more controlling kind of an environmental sense. But especially mm-hmm. when it comes to like the emotional weight, I think it should definitely feel like an equal. Uh, uh, equal burden across the whole table and I think it's infinitely more fun as well if it's run like that and if you run your games uh, you know, with that in mind and, and you can bring your players uh, on that journey mm-hmm. um, I was going to quickly just throw out before we uh, start to wrap up this episode which is just on sort of longer term uh, campaigns and uh, kind of I guess Top level would just be, you know, is that is there anything in particular that that jumps to your mind about running sort of longer term campaigns? Yes. Um, but I guess my specific question to you would be, um, how do you find balancing uh, player moments and player in like investment within campaigns? Because I think a lot of the time when I hear stories about people within uh you know a long-term campaign you know if i'm listening to an episode of dungeon court or something like that Mm -hmm. and someone writes in being a bit like oh you know i feel like uh you know i either like it's like oh i'm super invested but the other players at the table on and the dm kind of always rewards me because i'm the one that's invested Mm. or you know or i'm more experienced and or, or like oh i'm less experienced and i feel like they're all having this great time and i'm kind of missing out and so i'm just like I guess top level, what is your, uh, what, you know, is there any sort of adv- core advice that you would give for running a long-term campaign? And then B, how does that, almost like a good sports team, how do you manage your team? You know what yeah. I mean? How do, like, if, you're, if, you, if you think of yourself as like a coach or a manager for a, an elite sports team, how do you manage the team to get the best out of each player? Because I think that's something that like, maybe not enough DMs are kind of aware that they might need to do. Mm-hmm. when they start like when they start a game yeah so i think actually that might be a good sort of place for us to wrap this episode up talking about mm-hmm. is just that idea of like managing a table and how you might go about getting the best out of people. yes so managing the table is the second one what was the first question again so repeat that oh just to, to any general oh, advice general advice for, for running a, a, a long running campaign yes yeah. so longer running campaigns i do not think uh, i've said this i think on dragon talk and possibly on 3bh i do not think you need to come in with all the world details uh worked out i think you should come in with a basic premise for the world uh and you have an idea you don't you don't need to come in with a map you can if you want to sure uh mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. be careful that you don't spend so much time on a bunch of details that may never come into play uh I would say, uh, or, tr- yeah. or or you spent all this the time. The amount of wasted hours, my guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, like, any DM right now is just furiously nodding. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it's, it's better to have a pile of tracks in place and then lay the track as you go in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And what I think it's like, yeah. you know who you want the big bad of at least this upcoming arc to be. Uh, you have like an idea of that and where you might want it eventually to go. You have a definite place for where you want it to start. Uh, and then yep. make sure that the characters feel however they're supposed to feel going into the world. If you want them to feel like they're baked into the world, absolutely. If you want them to feel like they're brand new, sure. Make sure you have that be- to begin with. And then make yep. sure that every session... Uh, or at least the large majority of sessions move the story forward in some way. I actually think that the train tracks analogy is fantastic because I do think the temptation for a new player when they're watching 
you know, your critical roles or your D20s or your adventure zones or even three, you know, three black halflings. And you see these big kind of illustrious, gorgeous worlds. The temptation is to build the train first. You know mm. what I mean? Like build, the, you know, make this like fucking revolutionary, amazing, fancy kind of train with all these bells and whistles. But then actually you kind of jump down into it and there's no tracks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, cra- the, the, you know, the, and the train's just going to crash immediately. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, you'll sit there and be like oh and this train carriage this is the thieves guild and in the thieves guild the head of the thieves guild is this and he's actually the daughter of this person you know yeah. what I mean and you kind of build all these different areas and little and things and uh, the power structure and trade routes and whatever and you're like that's all the carriages yeah <laughs> but actually the the story you know what I mean the, <laughs> yes, the, the, the fucking where through. you want to go yeah needs to that need like you know I mean uh, ultimately players will be on one of those like old timey what do you yeah, call it you know you like I don't know what they're called sides. Thing, yeah I know no exactly. Idea. We're going to have one of you know those what I mean? it, when we eventually do Outlaws and Obelisks season two. We got to have yeah, one of those. We got to have one. <laughs> got to have one of those. So, you, you, you know, you, 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 you and the other player are there pumping the thing yeah. and it's moving you along the train cart. Like, people will be happy with that. If like this, like, because you can make the scenery beautiful, yeah. But it's also like, but if there's like a, just a good, solid direction, you know, you're heading somewhere, and your character is actively involved in the driving of that then I think you'll get somewhere, you know, you'll you'll end up somewhere really satisfying. Yeah. Because also that's the other thing, right? You need to let the players build the train because they need to be the ones driving it. It's kind of pointless if it just feels like they just sat on the train. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they you they need to be the conductor or the whatever, like up front, putting the coal in, you know, steering it, tr- you know, changing tracks, all of that kind of stuff. That needs to be their decision, not like uh uh not just like oh here's the story here's a beautiful train and you're just along for the ride yeah exactly i don't feel that you might as well watch a movie yeah (laughs) i mean yeah like it's exactly i think i think the another good thing to help with this is signposting if you know where that's that's the term i've heard used you basically know a few key spots you want them to hit and that's good for a one shot that's also good for like a limited campaign so something like on 3bh Mm -hmm. where it's like oh we want them for example curse of the spider queen skip the next couple bits if you i don't know what time to skip to but skip ahead if you've never listened to curse of the spider queen and go listen to curse of the spider queen um but there's the come back yes there's the okay well i know i have johnny coming in 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 episode three so i need them to be in a position where they will meet johnny there were a couple of different ways Mm -hmm. they could have gotten to where johnny would be and where johnny would be would change depending on where they went but it's like there needs to be a reason for them to be doing something and him to join okay next i'm like the next big thing is i need them to learn more about the world and i need them to essentially meet some more people and have an encounter with you know and so on and so forth and then eventually i need them to get to the golden eyed griot and then i need them to eventually uh to confront the spider queen and it's like okay now how we get to every single one of these spots can vary a lot but we we mm-hmm. need to know that like these are the things we need, and I think if you know yep. that, it's really easier to work towards it uh, and to push mm-hmm. towards that. Um, if you're yes. just flying, if you don't have a plan, some it, sometimes it can work out well, but other times it can just be like, eh. and uh, if you over plan, you say they're going to do this, then they're going to do this, then they're going to do this. Yeah, that's when you end up yep. with the you're just sitting on the train watching the scenery go by, as opposed exactly. to like yeah. actively pumping to go Being along. Yeah, involved. exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. and that's that's applicable. I think for just about any game, even if it's like a back mm-hmm. and forth, because then it's if, maybe if there's if the player has more agency, all it means is the player has more of a responsibility to help push things forward. 
That's what I mm-hmm. would say. Yeah. Um, and then in, yeah. in, in, in response to your question about uh, table management. Um, uh, oh, and I will actually throw this in. When people make ch- decisions that are out of left field, make sure that it, those things, those tracks that you have, like you have a few NPCs that you created that you were going to bring in in one way, bring them in in another way and like just let yep. move them down a little bit, lay down some improvisational track, maybe throw in one or two yep. things. Uh, I think I've said this on air. Clem was an improvised character. Um, Clem was not mm. planned. He, I think you, yeah, you said that in a, in a, in a talk back. Yeah. Yeah. From outlaws and obelisks. He was, he was completely improvised because I did not expect Johnny to just not go with the rest of the group. Uh, and then when he didn't, it's like, well, I don't want budge to be sitting in the beginning, opening in this library just by himself the whole time. All right, let's come up with an excuse. Cause there was like, had he gone in, he could have seen something about stone town, his hometown and, and all that. It's like, all right, well, fine. We'll throw in somebody else for him to meet. And then he'll, he'll get drawn into it. And so Clem just shows up as like an improvised person. Uh, and thankfully people liked him. So he got to come back, but that was, that is like an example of I had the information about what was happening mm-hmm. with his with his family that I wanted him to hit. And it's like, well, he's taking a new route. Fine. I will move it over here and lay down some improvisational mm-hmm. track. And sometimes that ends up being better Yeah, to get us to get us back on to get us back on to, uh, you know, the track, but further down the line. Exactly. You know what I mean, you're not just like stop. You're not just like stopping the train and saying, oh, no, everyone get off. You've made a terrible choice. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you're sort of like, I don't know, we can get back. It's fine. We can get it back. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's a really, really good And I, I think that is also applicable to the majority, at least the games that I have played, where it's like, oh, they went mm-hmm. over here. All right. Well, either okay. I will bring it in down the line or I'll change what I was going to bring in some way that it fits with this new setup uh, and just improvise. Yeah. Um, okay. So now in regards to table management. That is a difficult one when you have people who are at different levels of emotional buy-in. And I think ultimately mm-hmm. you have to, so it, it can be difficult, especially if they don't like come out and give you what their emotional buy-in is at first. So if you're like trying mm-hmm. to feel mm-hmm. it out, uh, the longer you have, yeah, I think. that's icky as hell yeah. sometimes. So you're just like, I feel like they're into this and they're enjoying themselves, but I kind of get like, a, I don't want to be here vibe sometimes. And it's a bit right. weird, you know, like that can definitely happen. Yeah. Yes, and that's, I mean, that's where you, in Session Zero, try to get from people what they want, although sometimes they don't give it to you, so then you're still just like, well, I'm trying. Uh, But (laughs) there, look, there are often, even in a lot of my favorite groups, you'll have a setup where, or you have a situation where, like, everybody is super into something, but then there's, like, one person who's like, I don't like to talk in character. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. that's fine. Okay. And so you just don't have them talking yep. character. Or I mm-hmm. had a different idea about what this campaign was going to be. After a certain point, it's kind of like, look, <laughs> you're going to need to get with the program if every other person yeah, here, yeah, yeah. as long as it's not something that grinds everything to a halt, uh, maybe try and incorporate it a little bit. Like try and if some one mm-hmm. person's like, I wanted to cry. Well, then, okay, maybe we can have a thing that makes that person cry while we're doing this. But... Ultimately, if everyone else is like, I want to, I want this to be a musical where we all dance. Maybe we got to dance. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, crier. Yeah. And, uh, dance and, while and crying. Also, 
And also, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, like, I, I, like, I'll, you know, I've said this many times, but like, respect your DMs and what they want to do. At the end of the day, if someone is willing to give up their time, you know, like multiple hours a week to plan a dope adventure for you, and they're doing so just because they like hang out with you, and they like, like, maybe just I can be on board with the program. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you've got a long time in your life to play D and D. This doesn't have to be the one and only D and D game that you ever play, or you know, TTRPG that you ever play. Maybe be like, cool, this one isn't. This isn't scratching all of my like it one game doesn't have to scratch all of your itches. Right. You know what I mean? Like you you can be you can be the 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 lonely edge lord in one and you can be the, you know, classic superhero in another and you can be the funny bard in another one. Mm-hmm. You don't have to try and do all three of those things in yes. one game because <laughs> you you know, you've been watching a different TV show and now you want to be in that world. Yeah. It's just like, well, okay, but just chill out and realize that your GM's hard your GM's job is hard enough as it is without you having to layer on this added GM thing is of like hard well, enough this is as exactly it is. what is that what you're Yeah, I know. That's your GM right. is hard that enough as it is. I, I, you, I thought you'd missed it. Yeah, I thought nah. you'd completely missed that. No, nah. and my, I was, my I honestly was a little off. surprised. <laughs> I was honestly, I was honestly a little shocked that you didn't, you didn't make any reference. I was like, oh, shit, I got away with that one. Oh, okay, no. cool. But no, nah, I didn't. My cock ring GM is hard. Uh, your GM is hard. They're having a great time. <laughs> like maybe too good of a time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it's a real give and take. <laughs> these games. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a real. <laughs> Uh, but no, the, so the, yeah, the point I'm the point I'm really making is is like as a player, I think that I, I don't I, I'm not necessarily going to prescribe your level of buy-in because I think that's very that is very unique and individual mm-hmm. and you know it, it, like if you want to just turn up have a couple beers and have a good time. If you want to come and be in character and dress up, that's also fine. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna prescribe that, but I think just the idea of giving them a bit of a hard time or feeling like oh this isn't what i wanted to do i'm a bit like yeah oh come on you've you're you're in a fortunate position that someone is willing to give up their time to play this game for you yeah and i think gms my advice to you would be don't be afraid of taking that position yeah of being like hey it's my time i'm giving up all this space so i can run a game for you like this is the world that i want to create yes i'm willing to like you know take on board your ideas and i want to include your character and i want to make you feel more involved but ultimately i'm not going to change you know i'm not going to make this elden ring You're just right. because you've been playing do you know what i mean like i'm not going to pivot the whole yeah, thing we've been playing be something Super that, Mario like, i don't find interest <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly we're ring. doing smash bros and now you want elden ring okay yeah fantastic and i think it, it's there is room happen. to communicate with your dm out of or gm out of like game and say hey oh, i really liked if we could start incorporating elements like this and maybe as part of the mm-hmm, group mm-hmm. also just session zero it's great like if look if you come in and you're like hey i want this to be really emotional and other people are like hey i want this to be really silly then it's like okay silly and emotional there's plenty of emotional yeah. sitcoms out there this pl- go watch the good of, place extremely silly very emotional uh so yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's very possible but if the gm doesn't know that that's what y'all want then yeah and mm-hmm. if and if partway through you're like trying to bring some different energy and you realize the rest of the group is moving in a different direction sure if you have more than one session i think it's very appropriate to say hey everybody this is how i was feeling could we have a conversation about this as long as you're being you know respectful and reasonable about it but yeah, mm-hmm. after a certain point, uh, you may have to uh, say like, all right, well, I guess I'm not going to get what I wanted 
or rather that specific aspect of what I was looking for yeah. from this particular game. Yeah. And honestly, if Completely. if you're not like if you really are not feeling the game, I don't see a problem with just leaving and saying, hey, look, I respect what yeah. y'all are doing. It's just not really for me. I hope y'all have a great time, etc. Moving on. Now, the, 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 the exception to this is if the GM or somebody starts bringing out some stuff that's like, whoa. <laughs> like, Yo, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Like, you're playing yeah. Super Mario Sunshine and suddenly they're trying to play San Andreas and you're like, I'm yeah. sorry, what? Uh, it's not just There's totally a- out of line, but some of this is like, I'm not comfortable with this content. <laughs> sorry, did I just did I just witness a hate crime? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, exactly. I don't think I'm cool with that being in this game. That's okay. I no, think, no, I think saying <laughs> something in the moment, saying, hey, this makes me really uncomfortable is appropriate. Saying something after the game is very appropriate. Yep. And I would say be even quicker on the leave button. Uh, the eject button in those yeah, cases. Yeah, 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 Whether yeah, you're yeah, the GM yeah. and you need to get rid of a player, or if you're a player and you need to get rid of the game. Uh, Every single time I hear one of these stories, I'm all, my, the, the first thought in my brain is always, why didn't you leave sooner? Yeah. It's always the first thought in my head. I'm like, you needed to get the hell out of there. Like, that is... <sighs> Not a healthy situation. To yeah, be in. that's that's uh, where I'm, yeah, I was I, at when, in that one game that I left. Yeah. I should have left sooner. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely, dude. I was saying. Yeah, I was like, bro, you need to leave. You need to get out. And of And for me, um, it was all like, no, I don't want to quit. I think we messed up. Plus, what if I'm the problem? Uh, that was like my, and it's like, nah, you weren't. Once again, if you're the one saying, what well, if I'm the problem, the chances are you're not the problem because most people who are the root of the problem have a hard time admitting that they're the problem. So, you know. Yeah, very true. Uh, I think I think that um, I think my big advice for table management would be uh, just like keep your head on a swivel and notice like who's talking to who, who's having a lot of scenes with who, you know, like... A lot of the time I can feel my tables falling into like patterns, you know, where it's like and 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 usually it's like underlying something uh, that maybe is like a little bit above a bit more above table. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like someone like two people's like play styles just aren't vibing or, you know, someone's like min max the shit out of their character and they're playing an eloquence bard. So they can't roll below a fucking 25. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, and and then there's another character who's just, who's playing vibes and they just don't like the, do you know what I mean? And I think that you'll, you'll notice, you'll go, oh, how come those two never in like scenes together? You know, I say scenes in quotation marks because it's like, you know, like usually you kind of, I give the opportunity for players to like set up like a moment for themselves Mm or, oh, uh, oh, hey GM, I want to go and have a discussion sidebar with this person or whatever. I think being at your table and noticing, just like make a little counter in almost like you can even make a note of it of just like how many times is X talking to Y and how many times have has C talk, spoken to D. You know what I mean? Because uh, I think that like a lot of the time you can be in a situation where uh, you go, oh, they haven't had a conversation in ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you dig into it and it's like, oh, okay, there's like a little bit of like above table thing happening here where like these two people aren't vibing. Not le- not necessarily their characters, but these two people aren't vibing. So I think you can learn a lot from the way that people role play certain things and interact with certain moments. Um, and that will tell you, like if you have suspicions about a weird dynamic at your table, like... Be- being observant in th- through the game might actually tell you a lot of stuff yeah. and then it's just it becomes a sidebar of just like hey is there anything 
anything up here? Anything cool? And sometimes you might have noticed it. Sometimes you might have been like, okay, look, I know this person. I know we don't trust this person's dice rolls. Okay? And I'm going to find a way to have the conversation about that. You know what I mean? So, like, I do think that uh, that is an interesting... I think that's a I think that's a a useful tool to use when trying to suss out if there's a weird vibe at the table because there might be yeah there just might be and that's not your fault that's absolutely not your fault as a GM um and I think but that's the thing that I would say most negatively impacts like a big and long campaign mm-hmm. is like if you're in the middle of something and like the the players are uh just not not vibing or not clicking in the same way that yeah. maybe they used to or maybe they they might do were they to like air some shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, hey, bro, you always roll natural twenties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what you said about if you are the one asking, "Am I the problem?" There's a very good chance you're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is yep. probably I don't go on Reddit a ton, but my favorite subreddit, uh, pr- at least right now, is r slash Am I the asshole? Uh, which where people will go and talk about situations and like, am I the one in the wrong? Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, almost yeah, yeah, always yeah. it's like, no, 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 no. obviously you're not. <laughs> Some of these, my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so they are flabbergasting. I won't go into like huge amounts of detail, but it'll be stuff like, Hey, um, my wife was a major bigot and would not engage with our gay son. And then at her funeral, uh, even though the rest of the family had continued to reject my gay son, I went and sat with my gay son. And now the rest of the family is mad at me and said that I made my wife's funeral all about me. Am I the asshole? It's like, no. <laughs> No, sir. No. Whoa. Good goodness, no. My word. I'm su- like I would have been absolutely fine with you and your gay son not attending that funeral. Yes. That's wow, sir. Please, no. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. They all about me? Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> that would I'd have hit him with an excuse. Yeah. Excuse oh, me, dude. Some of the ones about weddings you would not believe. As somebody oh, who dude, just had a I, wedding, dude. Yeah, I like. I'm. I I look back on our wedding day and I'm so pleased that thing went off without a hitch. It was like, so smooth. The dude. the it was a dream. It was so smooth. It was so smooth. There's so many wedding stories I've had. Oh. I'm just like, <laughs> bro, we read one. I've been I've been reading them with Deja. We read one last night. It was like we asked. I hate the, the premise was I hate speeches, just all speeches. I do not enjoy sitting through mm, speeches. Yeah. And so we told everyone before the wedding, no speeches whatsoever. No We're speeches. not nobody's given speeches. If you have words that you would like to say to us, please just come up and talk to us about it. And we will be happy to talk to you sure. privately about it, please. And in the middle of the dinner, my man, mother-in-law stands up says no i know i know we're not supposed to give speeches but this is my only no! son and i'm gonna t- i'm oh. gonna give a speech god damn it uh and it's like oh no uh and yeah <laughs> that's panic inducing oh. that's pan- like the idea of being of being that that son you know what i mean like Bro. if that was my wedding and my mom just jumped up knowing it's like i'm either gonna get fucked up by my mom yeah or i'm gonna get fucked up by my wife yeah this is a truly crap situation pick the mom you don't live with the mom you don't live with the mom yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell her to sit the fuck down yeah that's, the, that's absolutely the or, that, yeah you do that or like, you turn to your <laughs> wife and say baby i am so sorry i had no idea she was gonna no, do no, this no, i am no, going no, no, to talk me. to her 
Oh, in your case, no, yes. No, no, no. There, <laughs> no, no. There's no scenario. There's tackle, no scenario in which I don't just t- I tackle my mother to the ground. <laughs> I, I look at my mother dead in the eyes and I say, shut the fuck up or I'm going I'm to have to remove you by force. <laughs> I will and be security. There's no... Yeah, I will do the th- I will do it. Like I will look at my groomsmen, I'd clock you, and I'd be like, bro, move in. You give me the, the, the <laughs> eyes and the point. Like, we, mm-hmm. give you the, I the put on some the aviators point. and just go charge you. <laughs> you do some secret service impression. Yeah. Uh uh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yes, the, um, the, the, the 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 whatever in law really should step in in those cases. <laughs> and didn't happen at 100%. all. In fact, in in this particular story, uh the the wife uh, it was the son who it was his mom, the mother-in-law. Uh, yeah, yeah, the wife, yeah. nobody did anything. So the wife was like, "All right, well, fine. I'm just gonna keep talking with my friends." Uh, because like her side were all super uncomfortable with like this person giving a speech. They're like, "But we were told not to." There's like in blatant disrespect of the wishes, and so she just kept chatting with her boy- bridesmaids, and and they were like, "Yeah, okay." And apparently, the mother-in-law was furious, and the the son took her side. Wow. And is like shocked. Yeah. He's like, no, shocked, you shouldn't shocked. have done that. I know my mom is stubborn and stuff, but you shouldn't have done that because you caused all other problems and what you did was rude. And it's like, mm, my man. Oh my god. Oh. Oh, man, I want to start a whole podcast now where we just review Reddit drama. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. I actually genuinely think it'd be absolutely hilarious. We should actually do at least um, one kickback where we go through R slash Am I the oh. Asshole uh, and go Hell over some yeah. of these, That sounds wild. absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. Beautiful. Well, uh, that's everything for this week's episode. Jeremy, uh, Cobb, where can people find you on the internet? And, uh, is there anything that you would like to plug us? Yes. Uh, I, you can find me on Twitter at Jeremy Cobb one Cobb with two B's, the number one. You can also find me on Instagram, uh, at the Cobbmeister, and you can find the show that I would like to plug the quantum reactor, uh, at Q reactor show on Twitter. Uh, go check out the quantum reactor. It is a sci-fi movie review podcast that I do with Andrew Coons. Uh, we have been pumping out some, I've, I think, some real quality episodes on, on some really iconic sci-fi movies. Uh, we just did Blade Runner last week. We've done The Fifth Element. We've done The Terminator. We've done Everything Everywhere All at Once twice. The second time, bringing on Connie Chong, friend of the show, to talk about the uh, queer and Asian American themes uh, in the work. Mm. All sorts of different stuff. Uh, so please go check that out. Nice. We're just about to, I think, release an episode. I don't know when that will be in relation to this, but we'll be dropping an episode soon on Ghost in the Shell, the original. Uh, we did an episode with James Mendez Hodes hey. talking about techno-orientalism. We've done a pile of cool stuff, so go check out that one out. That's The nice. Quantum Reactor. Yeah, on wherever pods are cast, uh, and Q Re- at Q Reactor Show on Twitter. Uh, and I would also like to say, I've been streaming recently. I've been streaming uh, Fallout New Vegas, and I'll probably be streaming some other games very soon. Oh, uh, yeah! My dude, yes! Yeah. My fucking favorite game! Check out the VODs! Yes, you might dude. enjoy watching me play I this need, game yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go fucking check yeah out this is me as someone who has never really intentionally played like a first person shooter uh and had never Ooh. played a fallout game before uh playing fallout new vegas so oh i love this yeah i love this um go check uh, if it out. i'm ever around and you're doing it i please let me hop on and just sit with you and <laughs> uh and relive relive the experience vicariously yes. through you 
because uh, I fucking love that game. Yes, um, you can find the streams for that on Twitch, twitch.tv slash, I believe, Casual Quest Live, uh, because I'm a casual and this is my quest to become not a casual. Uh, so, hey. uh, yeah, go check that one out. Uh, we have VODs up. Uh, we've I've been streaming, I stream with my friend Taylor, actually, who made the game uh, um, Paradox Perfect, uh, and my girlfriend, Perfect, yeah. Deja, who goes by D6 on the show. Uh, and Nice. Yeah, we've been, uh, yeah, we stream, as of right now, the schedule is Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. So go check that nice, out. Nice, yeah. dude. Doing all the cool shit. Yeah. Um, you can find me at JW underscore Cartwright. I will be announcing a ton of stuff very soon. Uh, I teased this on another podcast. I'll tease it here. Uh, my The first AAA game that I was ever in released a trailer uh, at uh, the PlayStation Showcase. And my character was in the trailer, which was fucking cool. I was like, Whoa. oh my God. Are you allowed, yeah, to, are was... you allowed to say what game it is? Or are you still? I'm NDA? not allowed to say what game it okay. is. Yeah, yeah, I'm still NDA, but I can. I, like that is unspecific enough. There were so right. many trailers at showcase, exactly. and also then you'd have to figure out what character I was playing. Do you know what I mean? So, Do you, um, does your character speak in the trailer? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're, go they're, listen, they're, and you'll hear the voice of Jeremy Kyle. Oh no, no, sorry, no, 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 no. My voice. Sorry, my voice. No, my voice is not. in Oh, the, you will in not the hear the voice sorry. of Jeremy I thought you meant Cobb just in the game. In one of those games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so yeah, uh, follow uh, me at JW underscore Cartwright. Uh, check out Games and Feelings and the Performance Capture Podcast, which are two other shows that I am currently doing. Uh, and uh, I just did a eight bit book club over on the NADPod feed. Um, and if that isn't enough NADPod in your life, me and Murph uh, did a another kickback. Uh, we did a we're we uh, uh, the in the studio two electric boogaloo or whatever um and uh, that'll be hitting the patreon soon uh and what i think we'll probably do is release the first kickback on the main feed and because it was quite popular and people enjoyed it so look out for that and check out the kickback on the on the patreon because it's it's a blast uh we talked uh a fair bit about how i'm now a big new jersey devils fan which people find very confusing yeah and kind of i'm very confused what a choice. Well, you gotta listen to the fucking kick. You gotta, you gotta listen to the kickback, my dude. That's the only option uh, that you have. Because um, I won't tell you. That's my law drop. That should be my law drop. I'm a New Jersey Devils fan. Yeah. <laughs> With no context. <laughs> That's whatsoever. an even better one than the one you gave. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, okay, awesome. That is everything for this week's episode. I hope that you've enjoyed. Please do not forget, uh, drop a review on the podcast if you're enjoying it. Helps us find new halflings. Follow us on social media at three, that's the number three, Black Halflings. Uh, check out our Patreon, aforementioned Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash TB Halflings. It's how we support the show and keep doing this and keep making cool stuff for you guys. Uh, we also have a YouTube, uh, by type, you can type in three Black Halflings on YouTube and we're there as well. Uh, amongst uh other things we also have check out all the links in the description below yeah, there's a ton of stuff in the there there's a ton of ways uh for you to engage in more three black halflings stuff in your life uh so uh yeah go go do that uh but thanks for hanging out thank you for listening to this episode we appreciate you endlessly and uh we will talk to you next week so long shire folk so long
That was a HeadGum Podcast.